always 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 with the technical problems always with the technical problems hopefully you are doing well sabaho everybody hope you're doing great um i already see dan i see Marilyn. says jimmy is in there already as well as greg and of course uh ron guido in there and oh for the love of god okay sorry i i, I was about to say i lost i lost the nexus six one more time no i i'm not gonna do that um i do want to talk a little bit about this guy this is uh well let's let's go ahead and let the phone uh come on sony uh, now I'm out of focus. Okay, so let's see. Can we get it? Can we get it? No. Okay. Sony doesn't want to focus on the Nexus because that's how we're doing it this morning. If if there's a technical problem, we're going to have it because that's how it's been. So sorry for the delay, guys. I hope you guys are okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's old, old school. Yes. No, for sure. For sure. So not only old school, though, but this is OK. So here, let's do this because now I can force it. Um, this is the Nexus 6. This is uh, literally by far one of the the major changes uh, Google did back in the day when Nexus devices were smartphones, where not only did they go with a big, large format phone, had wireless charging for the first time, but also had stereo speakers and a headphone jack. And of course, it was one of the last ones made by Motorola, uh, as you could definitely see. And if not yet, because Sony's not going to do this, you can see definitely the Motorola logo at the top. And uh, I do want to say thank you very much to Greg, um, because so he sent this phone over to Juan, but Juan and I have had a really bad um I don't know how to say this correctly, but yeah, we were really bad at timing in the way whenever we do get a chance to meet up. And unfortunately, we every time we meet up, we forget to I, I forget to ask him and he forgets to bring it. So there's a whole bunch of things kind of going on. Uh, but long story short, we had a chance to meet up last night or yesterday for lunch. And then I reminded him and he reminded me as well. So thank you very much. It is here. It is finally here. Um, and I was finally able to log into it uh, after talking to Greg a little bit. Um, it's running, uh, I think it's the Resurrection Remix uh, ROM on it, and it's running Android 10. Uh, not a lot of support on it, but it's definitely a um, it's a unique piece of tech to have. So if you guys remember the Nexus series or the Nexus line of phones before Pixel, Google used to basically cater to developers where the phone was essentially very inexpensive, uh, very well priced at the time, featuring the latest SoC, but it was mostly focused on the experience. It was a fast smartphone running stock Android but also featured uh, literally the, the hardware where Google was kind of like uh, designing their versions of Android 4. And then later on, it just evolved or the line evolved into the Pixel line that we now know. Hmm. And uh, hey, I see uh, Barry's with us as well. I see Jermaine. Good morning, man. Welcome to the chat, everybody. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I know if anything, every, anybody that's going to be listening to uh, Roger, Roger's going to be coming up a little bit later on today, but he's not canceling the show. So Roger Bot's going to still go up on Twitch. Uh, and yeah, man, thank you <laughs> for sure, man, for sure. And um, yeah, so <laughs> a lot of things coming up. And of course, uh, one of the other reasons why I was running a few minutes late is because I was literally... I had some issues yesterday with trying to record the content. I recorded a whole bunch of stuff and I had no audio on some of my stuff. And then later on, I had to re-record some of that this morning. So I, I was editing the morning, the video at like started at 440 in the morning, all the way up to like 950, uh, kind of getting everything posted, uploaded, rendered, blah, 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 insert everything that needs to happen just to post the video because I needed to post it yesterday, but I couldn't. So long story short, um, yeah, uh, the, the, the day is starting off busy and it's going to continue busy. Uh, one thing I can definitely see is uh, a lot of our, a lot of everybody's hopefully doing well. I, I'm not going to see that, but I'm saying I'm hoping that you're doing well. Uh, the reason why you notice the energetic level a little bit today is because I'm a little bit anxious. 
uh, a lot of things coming up. Uh, there is the Xiaomi 12T series that's going to be uh, coming up in a couple of days or so. And we're going to see what Xiaomi's going to do. And there's a lot of rumors talking about a 12T Pro, a 12T. There's a whole bunch of things coming up as far as, uh, you know, what are those new features that they're looking at? And what are the optimizations that Xiaomi is going to be doing? Uh, and that's going to be on Tuesday coming up in literally less than three or three or so days. Um, but as far as the overall everything, uh, and <laughs> let's not forget on the sixth, you know, that thing that's going to happen, you know, the, the, the thing related to the thing kind of thing, uh, the pixel seven, seven, well, the pixel seven and the pixel seven pro are going to be launched. Obviously we already know the design. We already have a pretty good idea of what's going to be on this device. Uh, and we're looking for really mostly uh, optimizations, improvements in areas that we, we saw concern, some concerns in obviously the software is there. Android 13 is very much a uh, i would say basically an android 12l optimized it's literally the best way to describe it there's not a lot of aesthetic aesthetical feature changes too much between 13 and 12. so we already know the software is going to be solid we already know that the optimization for tensor have gone through their uh, their own round of updates so now where we are obviously is um basically you know getting something literally should come out great at the gate and i think that's what i'm expecting out of it so we'll have to see how that comes out but that's on the sixth um I see Finn's with us as well. Uh, Robin is in there as well. <laughs> everybody kicking it with us. Hope you're doing well. And then Chemi uh, jumping in with us. Sabaha, everybody. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you, Chemi. Hope you're doing well as well. Also, um, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And one thing as far as the weather, I know I always complain, but today is actually going to be a nice day. It's actually seasonal weather. October 1st, we're going in with a nice cool day. Like in the U.S., it's going to be in the, in the high 80s, which is typical to what we see in October but not typical to what we were going through with September for the last literally month and a half, almost September and through August, we were going through a massive heat wave. And even this week, earlier this week, we we're running at 103, 104, uh, which is close to being about 40 C for, uh, for our, you know, European brethren. Uh, so for the most part, I'm happy to see that we have somewhat of a cooler weather. So something that we can enjoy and not necessarily feel like we're just being cooked. Um, and then of course, on the other side of the country, there's Hurricane Ian that's been going on and doing a lot of devastation. Yes, definitely, Jimmy. Um, I think uh, a lot of things going on on the East Coast and I'm hoping that um, people are safe uh, and, are, and, and uh, you know, construction starts soon to be able to bring back things that have been unfortunately lost. So as you know, there's a lot of things going on. If you're probably following the news, both sides of the country typically get different things, but they get things. So we get the heat, we get the earthquakes, they get the tornadoes and the and the and the and the entire weather system that destroys everything. But we also get have natural things that could definitely do things on our side. Um, we are definitely a fire season here, 24, 12 months a year. So for our side, it's also other things going on. Uh, can I uh, can I charge my Pixel Six A with a Xiaomi charger? Um, so. But I think that's a good question. Yes, technically you can. There's no reason why you can't charge it. It may not charge at the full capacity, but it does charge. Every charger, if I'm not mistaken, I think every charger on the market that I've had, I've always charged other devices. It doesn't mean it charges it at the fastest charging technology. And I think that's the biggest thing. Sorry, that's my the mate uh, hitting me up because I think I got a couple of emails as we were chatting starting up here. So we're going to talk about the Mate XS2. I also want to talk to you guys about the Steam Deck. I'm really excited about this. I kind of hinted at it with the best of our week with Juan. But the reality of the matter is, is you know, seriously, I'm I'm really enjoying the the form function and capabilities that the Steam Deck is offering and what it does for portability. Um, not to say that I don't like playing on PC, but the reality is being able to separate from being in the studio, being in the in the studio or at least in my PC setup 
allows me to be able to be more, you know, free to do things at the same time. Like I can play, I can pause the game, go finish up, come back, play the game again. Um, I bought about a hundred dollars worth of games so far uh, as I think I have. A, well, I think I know I have a trip coming up uh, soon. I want to make sure to have um, uh, enough things on my Steam Deck to keep me keep me entertained for uh, such a, you know, for, you know, over five hour flight. So the overall performance and how things are going are going to be really exciting. But uh, OK, so here, let me jump in real quick. This is actually a really good question. Uh, yeah. So Greg said it does charge, of course. Yes. So uh, Finn Jacobs jumping in saying is, does the Mate XS2 have a desktop mode? Um, technically, yes. And I say technically because uh, it's not a wired desktop mode. It's a wireless projection desktop mode. So you can wirelessly project to, let's say, a Samsung TV, any any of the TV that allows you to project or cast to it. This should automatically allow you to do so. Unfortunately, that was the one thing that kind of surprised me when I was going through all of the feature set because it has such a nice editor, right? The uh, the, the video editor that's built into their image uh, to their gallery app is almost, I would say, almost pr practically a full fledged video editor with cuts, jump cuts, uh, transition, uh, audio tracks, pop up, uh, you know, picture in picture, uh, you know, text overlays, all of the things that we typically expect from an, a mobile editor are in there. But we have no way to connect it to, let's say, a laptop dock and be able to basically use it like a PC. Uh, so that's not there. Maybe they'll be able to push that up later on. I don't know if it's a limitation by the USB port, but it does support it wirelessly. So it's there, but just not the way we have it, let's say, on the 50, P50 Pro or maybe even with the Mate series. Those were uh, those are our more uh, wired connection where you plug them in and it works right, uh, really right out of the box. This one, you need to be a little bit more wireless, which, again, it's a step, but something that we can definitely appreciate. Although I'm not sure yet because I didn't get a chance to test it out if it does automatically launch if you're connecting it, let's say, to a Huawei display. Uh, because those also support wireless projection at a much higher uh, speed. So that may also be a, f a feature that I need to check. Um, Grounded Tech or Dan's jumping in. Um, could charge the 6A with a with a, <laughs> with a potato if you could probably stay on a normal speed. Yeah, no, absolutely. It'll charge almost from anything. Uh, Got to go. We'll leave the stream on, uh, but I have to go. <laughs> I have to have to go test. Uh, you know, ha ha ha. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> wonder what you're testing, Jermaine. Can you tell us? Can you? Can you? Sh well, I'm. I don't know. I. I I'm, I'm only guessing. I really don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, he's uh, whatever he's testing. I'm pretty sure we'll hear about it very soon. Understood. Uh, <laughs> understood. Very. Yeah, we understood the lingo. Uh, you know, wink, wink. Uh, all of that good stuff. Dominic is in there. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. I haven't seen you in the beginning of the chat for some time. Um, hey, TK, Steam Deck is very uh, useful for playing in bed. A PC can't do that to me. <laughs> I agree. Um, I also find it very helpful. So here, here's the things. For me, uh, my typical week involves a certain number of, I'm going to say hours of me waiting for my son to finish a after-school activity. Either be it karate, be it swimming, uh, be it going to a meet or something to that effect. So it requires me to be outdoors or be at least in my car waiting for some time in, in different situations. And typically, or at least in the past, what I used to do back when I first got the, the Tesla, I was very happy with the fact that I can watch Netflix, I can jump on YouTube and all of that good stuff. And that's great and all. But I mean, the reality at the end of the day, I, I can use my phone, right? As long as I'm sitting there and my phone is in my pocket, I don't really need it. I ended up also canceling the uh, monthly subscription fee for Teslas, which is uh, typically like a $10 charge for internet access in the car. I don't need double internet access when I have phones that can do that. So the long story short is now all I'm doing is I'm sitting in the car and I basically just start playing, man. I start it up. I play. I pick up exactly where I left off if I don't quit the game. 
And um, the reality at the, at the at this point is not that I don't like the case, and I really like the custom, obviously Steam Deck original case. It's just it's a little bit too thick for what the what the actual unit is. Like this is this is the Steam Deck, and this is how the case is. And I really don't need it to be that thick. So I'm buying. I'm trying to pick up a case that's a little bit thinner, uh, more pocketable. But again, that's where the functional thing for me is. It's it's outdoorsy yeah out on the couch sitting there getting out of out of this room to be honest i sit here so long all the time um does make it a little bit better and it makes it um more enjoyable and and again the the selection of game and the gameplay on them is actually pretty good the one thing i probably will say is i did get the epic store installed i got that running and i have a couple of games in there that i want to try uh control is in there and i want to try it's a couple of like i think rocket league is in there as well um but one thing I'm still not able to do is my Dragon Ball games. I'm trying to find a, a game that's a Dragon Ball related game uh, to be able to play it on the Steam Deck. Most of them include those non-cheat functionalities, which disable them, or at least Steam doesn't support yet uh, fully uh, on their system. So it's a little bit of a workaround, but at this point, we're getting there. Um, and I'm also starting to think about the mods, what I want to do. So I want to change the storage. I want to I change the uh, the fan. I want to definitely uh, improve the cooling. Uh, and I also want to probably uh, get maybe custom uh, joysticks um, on there to, to try to improve the experience overall and reduce the amount of lag, uh, not drag, but there's some people complaining or saying that, you know, drag may be an issue at some point when you had it for some time. I've only had it for about a week, so I'm not really stressing too much on it, but for sure. Jermaine, uh, <laughs> getting the hand look for sure. Um, looks like all of these great people in the chat. Don't forget to like the stream as well. Thank you very much, Dan. I always appreciate it. And I really appreciate your support. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of things to talk. There's a lot of things. And I also want to talk about the fact that I literally just dropped the video for the GTR 4. It's a little bit of a long video, but I kind of went through everything that you needed to know about this watch. And it kind of covers also some of the stuff the GTS 4 has. Now, Juan dropped his video a couple of days ago. And um, in the video, I try to make sure to call out to say, look, you want to hear more about the GTS? Check out my buddy Juan. You want to hear about mine? GTR, it's, it's here. So hopefully, uh, if you have it sometime later on, please drop a drop a like on that one and check it out uh, for sure. But I always appreciate you guys uh, spending your time with me on Saturdays. And I really miss the Saturdays that I don't show. Uh, but like last Saturday, I kind of uh, tweeted out. And uh, it's weird that we don't have community yet on, on, on YouTube for the Android Bay. I can't reach you guys straight up and say, hey, I may not be, I'm not going to be able to make it today. I have to tweet everywhere, everywhere else but the actual channel. So hopefully we'll get it soon. Um, but as you know, swim season started up again. My son started swimming again, and I have to. It's weird, but we re we as a parent are required to volunteer for obviously you know to to time or to provide some services around uh, in the in the meet so that they don't have to necessarily hire additional people and it keeps the cost down. So all parents are required to. And if I don't volunteer, I technically get you know signed up automatically. So the story came in is uh, I was one of the timers and I had, a, uh, I think it was like about an hour and a half worth of timing that I needed to take care of there. Long story short, a lot of fun. And Omar did great. So that's the best part about it. Seeing him get better and improve year over year. And obviously, you know, as he's just getting bigger, as you guys know, I mean, you probably, I mean, you saw the picture. That's, that's right. You guys saw it. he's practically my height. That's going to be a thing. Um, okay. So da, da, da. let me see here. Dominic uh, Juan. <laughs> it's a play more uh, grown up uh, yeah no absolutely dan yeah that, there are other games obviously um i'm i'm enjoying more um i haven't found a good first person shooter yet i'm i'm really into those type of games uh but i have uh, open world games i have some uh basically a vampire the, the vampire diary not vampire diaries i don't want to well let's see hold on let's jump in real quick i'm going to turn it on 
I'll give you guys a quick li uh, list of the, the games that I have in my library right now that are installed. So Apex Legend is my library. I have um, Devil May Cry 2, no, Devil May Cry 3, I think. Doom, um, Dragon Ball Xenoverse. I have Kina, which is a new one that just came out. Mortal Kombat X. I have uh, Rocket League, of course. Stray, well, Stray, if you're familiar with I. <laughs> I had to download it. It works great here. Uh, Vampire Survivors has been an addicting game. And of course, uh, there's uh, each, uh, sorry, uh, Drone Age. This is uh, oh, War Hunter. I think that's one of the helicopter games. Those are the ones I have installed that are compatible. And then, of course, I have other games in my Steam library that are not 100% compatible, but I have not had a chance to install them. But I'm keeping it to the point, with the exception of the, the helicopter game, I'm keeping every other game locally stored and locally ran so that I don't have to worry about internet connection, but I'm making sure to, to activate it before my flight. Let's say that. Um, Javier, hope you're doing well. Hey, Javier Hidalgo, hope you're doing well, man. Ash, welcome back, man. Welcome back. Ah, man, this is really cool. Okay, Samsung should enable DeX uh, on their inner screen uh, for the Z Fold 4. I think that that's a must. Yeah, I, I honestly think this is something that they've been missing out for really for a long time. Um, we know that DeX exists on their tablet series. They use DeX as the UI element. You're able to jump into DeX uh, on the tablet. Now, I understand it's a bigger home screen. It's a bigger display to start with. But even their smallest version at 8 inch, which is not that much bigger from uh, what we get with the Z Fold 4, we don't, you know, we get that option in there. There's no reason why we don't get it. We have the, uh, with, with at least the new version of One UI 4.1, uh, we have the new dock at the bottom, pen input already in there. So having that that experience should have been built in, but right now they're limiting it to wireless and to wired connection. So you can have DEX, it's just not on the actual system itself. And you need to know about the fact that you can get DEX when you connect it to other things like DEX on PC, DEX on a like an accessory, like the Next dock or the UPerfect dock. Uh, those things enable you to do things, but they don't advertise it. It's not on the spec sheet. It's not something that they talk about too much. And if they show it at their launch event, it's a blurb and they never mention it again. But it's a great feature for Samsung owners that I don't think a lot of Samsung owners know. They buy Samsung phones all the time, but they don't know that it does this for them. So, yeah, uh, Dex, always big fan and uh, literally one of the biggest features that Samsung does not cover and just basically has been going on on its own. Uh, ta -ta -ta. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Matt's in the chat. Good morning, Matt. Hope you're doing well. I hope everything's getting better or things are getting better at least um, around where you are. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I didn't get a chance to catch the game yesterday, but thank you for tweeting at me. Hopefully next week, uh, I'll try to find some time and we can jump on and play some games together. Uh, as you know, Matt is the Call of Duty king in the chat every and everybody and, and everybody knows exactly who Dan is. Um, <laughs> more than they have to. No, absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to keep it straight as much as possible. Oh my God, Steam Deck has a uh, has several things right, uh, even when it's not perfect. So th the weird part about the Steam Deck is, in theory, when you first think about it, right? When you first get the conversation, when you first get the unit, or you think about it, okay. So what is it supposed to be? You know, and some people may categorize it as a Nintendo Switch wannabe, right? It's not a Switch, right? It doesn't do Switch things. Now, you're able to run emulators, you're able to do certain things, and maybe you can get some things running there. But the reality at the end of the day, this is a dedicated PC experience game on the go. It's done. It's it's literally, I mean, the design is about a year old now, obviously, because this, this was this was this technically came out last year at the end of last year. It was originally put up for sale or pre-orders early last year. So we're talking about generation to hardware that is not only powerful enough to cross over to where we are now, but still makes purpose like makes sense the way it works. It really is supposed to leverage your experience from your PC and take you away. 
So the goal for this game is to allow you to basically get PC game experience at on a small form factor display with touchpad controls, trigger controls, and rear controls on the back. Uh, the ability of having a headphone jack, exhaust fan, volume rocker, as well as the ability of actually using external audio over USB-C or even projecting externally over USB-C. And I'm talking about ser seriously, like I can sit here, we can, we can definitely turn this into a stream of a game with just me doing this, I connect this, I turn this on. I'll give it a second to, uh, to boot up. Once it's on, I'll give it a second here. And then I think it's already gone to the display. And here we are. So you guys, I've obviously, you lost my feed, but let's let's see, actually, can we do picture in picture? I think if I'm not mistaken, I can here. And on. Nope. Where is it? The picture, picture, come on. Um... Okay, I don't know why, and I don't remember exactly how to turn on picture-in-picture, picture, but I have picture-in-picture picture support on my controller. So let's turn this on. So here, and then I'm going to turn... Ah, oh, come on, TK. Wait, hold on. How do we do this again? Da, da, da. Mic one, mic two, picture-in-picture. Picture. Uh, yeah, okay, so it doesn't transition... <laughs> I, okay, I chose the different transition now. Now I'm going to be like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> TK just playing tech. Okay, so I don't have it on there. but uh, So in, in a sense, essentially just running it as a game. So let's go ahead and put this on. So here, this is the game. And I can stream from it and go straight up on and play it directly with you guys. So here, we're going to go back. We'll go back into library and down. And here, so this is the game I've been playing for the last couple of days. I'll go ahead and just uh, I'll say resume, load. And here, we're actually now playing games <laughs> straight off the Steam Deck. Uh, now, unfortunately, the audio is routing directly with it. I'm trying not to confuse you guys here, but let's do this here. So here, the, and we can play and then just keep doing this as much as possible. So let's go and switch back to me. And again, not me trying to showcase everything, but the beauty of it is it's that easy. It's that simple. Um, and it's fun. Let's just say that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, definitely. If I can get Call of Duty running on this like pretty well, I would love to be able to play Call of Duty because then anywhere, even if I'm, I mean, I don't think on the airplane it'll work, but if I'm waiting at the airport, I can play, uh, you know, Call of Duty on this. Uh, if I'm uh, waiting for my son to finish, I can, you know, get in a few matches and rank up as much as possible there. For sure. Always, always a lot of fun. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> the pause the video. No, I mean, it, it's one of those weird things kind of going on. Uh, usually get some some of these tweets on Mondays. Yeah, no, it depends on how um, not only Twitter, but also kind of YouTube, like not notifying as many people. But let's go ahead and start kind of focusing on. Actually, let me let me finish up a couple more comments and then we can jump into the conversation straight. Ah, OK, so uh, Dominic Juan said, did you got uh, TK? Have you tried the ROG phone six? So I've reached out to Asus and. Um, about a couple of weeks ago, they told me that they were going to get back to me in, in, a, in a week or so when they start getting some of their, I guess, first batch loaners back in. So I'm hoping to get my hands on the 60. I'm, I haven't had a chance to. The last ROG phone I got a chance to play with was the ROG phone 5 from last year while I was still working with XDA. So that's the experience, the last experience that I kind of got in there. And I think in, even the 5 at the time was still a very powerful gaming phone for what it offered. So the 60 coming in with with uh, with a with a um, you know ROG phone that features the latest SOCs, uh, capabilities, 
I'm excited to see what they've done. Um, I'm, I've seen the Batman edition of uh, the the ROG phone, and I'm really excited to see, hopefully, if I have somebody close enough for me to go check it out. Uh, but I've seen it in person maybe once when Joshua Vergara had it, um, and we were we were at a, an event together for Zenger uh, in LA. So I saw it for like a brief second, and it looks absolutely sexy. So yeah, no, for sure. Devices, you know, uh, ROG is... I'm loving what they're doing. Let's say that. I'm very much loving what they're doing. Um, here. Um, so Jimmy Fire Dragon jumping in is thankfully my Exynos uh, S21 Plus. So this is from a couple of years ago. is fine now and has no more issues after a week of me having to force reboot it. Uh, uh, and oh, and it gets uh, only two minutes of SOT. Oh, man, that's pretty bad. Um, and then I uh, got a black screen of death. I'm, I'm wondering if it's a somehow I'm hoping it's not a corrupt, uh, you know, uh, not just a partition, but like the your internal storage is not corrupt, um, or even if maybe just that the uh, recovery maybe is having a problem. If you're going straight into a, a screen of death within two minutes, or something, or honestly, from what it sounds like, if it's booting up, that means everything's okay. From the boot sequence, everything is running fine. If you're able to get to your home screen, and if it only lasts for a couple of minutes, something is corrupt in your either in the kernel level or even on the system level that's causing it to uh, to have a, a massive crash. So something launches after you turn on your phone. Uh, I would try to turn it on uh, and maybe start maybe a di diagnostic seeing what's launching and then right away try to see if that's, there's a way to basically catch it before it, it goes through. Uh, overall, it sounds like it's something that is causing it to go go into that uh, blue screen or basically the screen of death right away. But I'm sorry to hear that, man. Uh, the S21 Plus was a good one. Uh, you know, again, the S22 Plus is pretty much very similar as well. Uh, Dominic is, I mainly buy single player games uh, so that the stadium is very perfect for me. Uh, and I think I would uh, I would do dual boot with Steam Deck, um, and of course, and usually uh, boot into Linux, and obviously in desktop mode, um, and Windows um, a lot, so I can straight. There's a lot of options in there. One of the, the other differences that um, I liked about the Steam Deck is the ability or how easy it is to jump into Linux, to jump into desktop mode, and run it like a desktop experience. Um, it supports Bluetooth. It supports uh, you know wired connections. You can connect the keyboard and mouse, or you can wirelessly connect them there, and then basically use it as a PC, like a mini little laptop PC connected uh, while you're powering on, uh, powering powering it on, and using it. Uh, the adapter that I have in here, which is really nice, this one actually came to me a long time ago from a Huawei laptop. But it supports HDMI out, USB-C in, and then USB-C out. So although I'm using HDMI out to connect to the stream that I was showing you guys, I'm able to pl uh, plug in, uh, wh uh, what's it called, USB power, and so I can charge the Steam Deck and use it to project at the same time, which enables me to basically have uh, basically unlimited time. I don't have to worry about the battery draining when I'm playing. So it's very nice. Um, uh, and I went down to Vodafone UK shop on Sunday. And the guy served me, he said that uh, they had never seen the same issue. No, absolutely. This is, it's very uncommon. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on, Dan. Okay. So Dan said, I tried to play with Matt last night, but my game kept crashing when we entered the game. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you have, yeah, okay. So you get that. I get the audio problem. I have still, I still haven't figured, well, I take it back. I know how to fix the audio problem. I'll say this. I have to be connected via straight audio input into my computer, circumvents the uh, Logitech uh, X control, uh, wireless headset. And for some reason, that's where my issue is. It used to work at one point, and then it just doesn't work. Every other game, every other conferencing system works perfectly fine. But there is something to go with the Logitech control, uh, uh, wireless headset and Call of Duty. But then if I use my uh, my wired connection headset, it works perfectly fine. They could hear me. 
But it, the problem is every time I, I'm in the mood, well, every time I'm, I'm in the mood to jump into a game or I have time to jump into a game with Matt, I have to go find the headset and, uh, and use it and plug it in. I don't use a wired headset all the time. The wireless one works perfectly for me for editing videos, gaming, everything that I need to do on my PC. Um, so it, it does become a little bit of an issue for us all overall, but Matt has kind of compensated for it. He just talks and I just listen. And if I ever have anything to say, I always just type it in the chat. So for sure. Uh, Dan, then it makes <laughs> it makes no sense why the flip doesn't have uh, decks. Just pretty. That's pretty crappy. So I think it's primarily based on the fact that they just want to uh, price cap. Uh, I'm not going to cap it, but I'm going to say uh, a price block because it doesn't make sense for me in the sense of if the $700 or an $800 version of the S20 S20 series, so that's S21, S22, or even S20 uh, standard one, they all feature decks. Why is it that a thousand dollar version of the uh, uh, you know of a flip phone from Samsung doesn't? Also, why don't we have video out? The port doesn't support it. So Samsung purposely disabled those functionality out of it so that it doesn't become a professional level experience on that smartphone, which is what's going to basically keep this device separate from what the fold does. So they're saying, look, you want a foldable and you want you know top notch features, you need to jump over to the eighteen hundred dollars side. But if you want a foldable that does you know reasonably well and we're getting a little bit of improvements over year over year, then the flip is going to be the thing that you go with. And I think this year is definitely better. They got they did fix some things in it. But it still is a device that you have to open up. You cannot use the phone uh, the way it is without opening it up. So just, just to me, still drives the, the the question of it's meant for a specific demographic, and it's literally honing in it for that. And it's not focusing on, in my opinion, uh, the male users. I know a lot of guys that use them, but I just don't think of a phone like that kind of fitting the uh, the overall. Like if you're really a user, a pro user, and you need a phone to kind of work and w do things with it all the time, I don't think the flip is the one that you go with. You'd go with either a standard, uh, you know, 16 by 9 aspect ratio, obviously not this one, but, you know, uh, you'd go with a standard phone or you'd go with a foldable that has an external display that is functional. Uh, I personally would probably say a an external display that's functional like a regular phone. So here, so it, it saw my face and then unlocked. But, you know, we're talking about, and of course, Sony just does not want to, <laughs> it just does not want to sync today. Uh, let's go ahead and unlock. It's just really like, okay. If there are things that could go wrong, that is today and we will do it today. Okay, let's connect and then get this thing going. So yeah, we're talking about this one. So here, the Mate XS2 is one of the one of the devices that actually kind of mimic using, if you've ever used, uh, let's say a P series from, from Huawei, like the P30, the P40, or even the P50, uh, you know exactly how the functionalities are going to be. It's a full-size display. You use it, you get the benefit of it. And then when you're done with it, you can basically open it up and use it as a fold, as a non-foldable. There are some accessories there also to protect the external display and the internal display. Uh, the case that they include with it is actually absolutely one of the better options that you can get on the market as it literally protects the external display on the back when you're closing it. And when you open it, it gives you a little bit of a, a nice little grip to be able to hold the, the case from it as well, for sure. Uh, was really going to show Matt up. <laughs> well, no. So I think what you guys need to do is maybe have Matt jump in on Apex because uh, Dan plays Apex a lot more than uh, than Call of Duty. I know, uh, but yeah, Javier uh, and me and TK play a lot of st <laughs> a lot on stream. Yeah, it's always a lot of games, and I try to get, I try to jump in as much as possible. And I, I always I love it sometimes because he he gets on right as it it's around like in the afternoon before my son comes back home. So trying to cut it in before things kind of get busy a little bit. Um, 
Yes. So pixels need Chrome. So I think what uh, what uh, Greg is referencing is so desktop experiences on smartphones has been different and depending on the ecosystem that you're on and very few companies are, are actually investing in a desktop experience. So Huawei still has EMUI, uh, Honor has the Magic UI. Uh, we obviously, LG used to have their own uh, desktop experience that kind of faded, but it was based on Android desktop. Um, and Pixels to this day, uh, even though Google developed and may not be necessarily focusing heavily on the desktop experience on Android, they offer it and you're able to see it in other devices that allow external display connection. But at the end of the day, Pixel still doesn't have a desktop experience, even though they're trying to optimize for tablets. And we're not, you know, we need basically what I'm, what Greg is referencing is why not have Chrome, basically the Chrome operating system that we have running on desktops and PCs um, as Chrome OS books run as the desktop experience for, let's say, Pixels. That would be an amazing collaboration between two teams that already have a well-developed and well-designed system. The big difference, obviously, would be is that the design team on the Pixel side needs to incorporate external display support because right now we don't. There's no way to turn to externally connect a display with a Pixel, even for screen mirroring, and that's by design. So we want to see that. Will the uh, OnePlus? Yeah, sorry, will the will the uh, Pixel Seven Pro or Pixel Seven feature it? I don't know, but I really would hope so even just straight up external display. Because once you open that, the development side can do so much to try to bring in other, even getting Linux installed there, or maybe getting, uh, you know, uh, like, I don't know, think Ubuntu, but essentially getting uh, like uh, a Linux built to boot up in there. So you can definitely get something more of a desktop experience on that phone. Sorry, like lingered a little bit too long on that one. Dominic jumping back with thing. Uh, TK, one thing I don't like why Steam Deck doesn't have a kickstand uh, like the Switch um, built in directly into that. So literally the first thing you see when you start looking at cases for it, that's the first thing they add in there. It's a kickstand. Absolutely. And the reason behind that is because if you're using an external joystick or controller to play games with it, you need to find a place to leverage it because otherwise it's sitting flat. And in, depending on the angle and the, and the version that you have, you, you don't necessarily have the, the best experience. Uh, so for sure. Yeah. No. Or especially if you're uh, using it, let's say if you want to watch Netflix or something like that. Not that you would, but if you want to, you could. Um, yeah, uh, some kind of an option to, as far as a kickstand and maybe even open up a little bit of a vent behind that when you open up the kickstand, that would have been even smarter to allow better cooling. Um, I will say that I like the way they set up the vent, that, that it's facing upwards and away from us, not towards our, like if you have it on your knees or if you're sitting in your lap, it's not going to be blowing air straight on you. It's going to be blowing it away. But it definitely, if you're not doing anything on it and you're using it, and uh, let's say to just sit there for a second, you can hear it. The heat is definitely there. Um, and it does, If obviously, better cooling means runs faster as well, since it doesn't have to compensate for throttle for the temperature sometimes. But yeah, for sure. Uh, ta -ta <laughs> Vince, uh, morning, TK. Hope you're doing, uh, hope you're doing well, man. No, I, I hope everybody's doing great. I hope you guys are having a great day. I'm hoping the weather for where you guys are as well is also very nice. Uh, Dom is in there, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Hidalgo. Hopefully I'm not missing. Uh, it doesn't cost Samsung anything to include DeX. So it's annoying that they would remove uh, this feature. So yes, from a, from a cost standpoint, absolutely. But what it's doing is I think they don't want it to cannibalize the S series sales. And it also doesn't want it to take away from the Fold series. Some people buy the Fold for those features because of what it offers uh, as far as the core experience. But if you're not looking for the foldable experience, I think, you know, obviously an S21, an S20, well, S22, 22 plus, or even the S22 uh, Ultra will be a better solution for you. I just don't, I guess I'll say that back. I, I know some people will, will explain and be like, like, it's a pocket communicator. It's not supposed to be a pro tool. 
But DEX is included in all of the S-series. DEX is included for many years on those, and those have been much, much cheaper. The hinge on the pick, uh, on the on this, I don't really, I don't think, so from a hardware standpoint, I'll say this first uh, for, for, for Dan's comment. It's not just a cost. It's also uh, hardware for him, for them. They need to change the hardware on the USB-C port to support external display support. It doesn't even support screen mirroring. So you can't even... Like seriously, you cannot do anything with that port other than just charge it and transfer data with it and use it for audio. There's no other function for it. So this is the biggest concern that we have. So they, it's hardware. Cost-wise, you're right. It doesn't cost them much. Once they add that hardware, that's for the most part, it, that's it. And will that cross that price over to over a thousand? I think people will pay the extra 10, 20, 30 bucks for that extra part if if they're able to get decks. And then leverage that. Explain that this is the coolest little DeX station that you can take with you on the go and that you can connect it directly into a laptop or even to your PC monitor and leverage it or even connect it to your PC, your normal PC and run DeX on PC as a windowed application in there. So so much more functional things that you can do. But this isn't the story. This isn't the, this isn't what Samsung has been doing. We we see Samsung now as the what are they going to take next? Because that's how I feel. Like every time they make an announcement, I'm waiting to find out what is going to be missing from the experience and what is changing for us as the user, where we're still paying top dollar, but we're not getting as much. This year, they did the upgrade for the storage because storage was something that we were able to actually leverage. So you bought one level of storage, they upgraded you for free to the next one. But yeah, we still, again, it, this, is, this is interesting. All they're doing is setting us up. And I say that, and not that I'm trying to be pessimistic, the moment you get used to a certain level of storage, I'll be very frank, as this happens to me all the time, as you upgrade every year, you're not likely to try to downgrade. So if they give it to us this year and they don't do it next year, a lot of people are going to have a hard time trying to downgrade, go back, let's say, to 128 if they went up to the 256. Or even if, like me, I went with the 512 on the fold as opposed to the uh, 256 uh, because I needed the storage. And I also wanted to make sure that I didn't run out of storage as time goes on before I actually kind of get done with it. I... I typically need file size storage because I typically produce a lot of content from a said device. So if I'm producing content, shooting content, and all of my files are in shot in 4K60, I'm going to run out of storage at some point if I don't get enough. So it's a concern. But yeah, I'm with you. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, so while I sold my laptop, building a new PC, and the next uh, for the next month, I'll be depending on parts uh, available. So be gaming, so be getting uh, getting off with the gaming PC very soon. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, no, Dan, I think that's the best way to do it. Um, yeah, it, it's been some time, and I think you've been using your system so for I think for, for for quite a while. So upgrading and going into something like that would definitely be helpful. And desktop PC also much easier to upgrade overall in the future, as opposed to having where the laptop you're pretty much limited to very few components that you can upgrade. Hmm. So let's double check here. Yeah. So let's let's okay. I, let me see. Okay. So yeah, I'm coming kind of. Let me see if we can comment here. Da da da. Uh, hope you do. Oh, okay. So, um, Olu, Olu Wasium was, was, I'm um, hopefully I'm saying that, um, um, Olu Wasium, hopefully you're doing well. Thank you, man. Hope you're doing good. Um, you can find, uh, you can, uh, <laughs> get project. No, for sure. Uh, who will buy a pixel? Uh, I don't know who can buy one for you, uh, but the, at the end of the day, the reality is the F4 GT is definitely one of the better gaming phones on the market, which I really, I'm a big fan of it as well. Um, let me see here. Da, da, da. Uh, 
let me see here. Uh, would it be possible to install Windows on on a partition and then Android on an uh, on the B partition? So I think that's what they were trying to do. That that's the the, the project that they were trying to install Windows on, uh, basically on the uh, the uh, the Microsoft uh, Surface Duo. So that was one of the ways they were trying to do it. The reality is, it's it's more so about drivers and compatibility and functions. It's not that you couldn't get something running. Uh, Windows on ARM is much different than what we typically see on Windows on, uh, on x86. So this is one of the biggest ch uh, challenges that we're seeing in there. The functionality, getting everything running correctly, the drivers for the cameras, the drivers for the modem, all of those things are, that are not native to Windows need to be supported. And those typically are proprietary time, uh, products. That's what slows down the development. It's the fact that, you know, uh, the modem driver, the controller uh, driver, the camera drivers, the audio drivers, all of those things that you typically get on your PC when you first install it, uh, or you install the, the, uh, the build of Windows and then you start plugging things to it, it's because everybody, every computer or PC manufacturer opens up their drivers and makes it available for Windows to make it easy to download and install. That's not existent in Android. And that's always been the challenge when we try to get or we try to port um, specifically ROMs from one device to the other. The biggest challenge happens is the drivers, and that's where some of the developers uh, face issues because they try to go with the open source version of the drivers, and typically those things are not 100% fun functional. So that's where you start seeing some concerns. Would, that could also delay how long it takes before a device gets a specific version of a ROM because the developer needs to do a lot more up work, legwork basically to get it working. But yeah, can it work? Yes, possibly in theory. There's no reason why it shouldn't. Um, as far as installing it, running it and making it run well, that takes more time. Um, and again, that's one of those biggest challenges that we see right now is, you know, do you want to run, like what would be the ideal running operating system in conjunction to Android right now on a, on a smartphone? I think with the fact that we've incorporated uh, the Play Store functionality into Chrome OS, the fact that we already have Chrome installed on our uh, on our devices, there's no reason why Chrome OS wouldn't be a functional system to run on top or a parallel level, like you said, an A and B partition, give one to Android, give one to Chrome OS, and allow us to switch between the two and connect them to an external display. That, to me, is a functional tool that a pro tool user would uh, that a pro user would want. So give it give that functionality and maybe allow us to do that, even if it's wireless. I think that's still a function that we can benefit from. But right now, I think Google's main focus is on. Simplicity, simplicity as far as basically the ability of taking out your phone out of your pocket and snapping a picture and getting a crystal, a perfectly looking picture though every time and knowing exactly what you're going to get. Large display, great stereo sound, um, audio experience. They're really well balancing. Well, they're balancing well what they're doing with these devices, but they're not focusing on on giving us additional. Like we still don't have a pro mode in in the, the Pixel app, in the camera app, and I think it's because that's not the focus. That's not the direction that Google wants to go. So. I hope for it, and I hope we see it. But again, where we are right now, I don't, I don't really see that coming up in the near future. They want to keep Chrome OS running on its own, and it runs very well on even lower, lower, um, lower, um, not as powerful the hardware. I don't know why I was, I, I blanked on that one, but yeah, for sure. Uh, let me double check here, Jimmy. Oh, sorry, sorry, partition. Sorry, yeah. Partitions, <laughs> the dual boot won't be. It, it depend. Uh, so dual boot won't be part. Okay. So yeah, depending on the device that we're looking at, I think Greg was jumping into that as well. So let's talk a little bit about Xiaomi and what's going up. I think in the next couple of days or so, um, the overall experience that we're getting there. I think if I'm not mistaken, so here with it, Greg, uh, you actually have to repartition the memory on the. Yeah. No. Again, there's a lot more things going on on top of that. Um, 
the 12T series, the Xiaomi 12T series, from what I've seen at least online at this point, it looks like there's going to be a 12T Pro and a 12T both going to be featuring some interesting approach. At least Xiaomi's talking about the fact that they're trying to leverage focusing on hardware and software, not necessarily just on hardware. So there's going to be some optimization. But one thing we want to keep, keep in mind, this is the T series of the devices. So this is, uh, I don't think it's intended to be better than the 12 Pro that we saw earlier. It may be, I think, I'll take that back. I, I'm not speaking to the 12S series because the 12S series never came out. It came uh, outside of China. So the S series stays in China. The standard Pro comes up in the US. Well, not in the US, internationally. And then now we have the T series coming up. Um, <laughs> I just want native 2K. Uh, I want native 24, uh, 4K 24 frames per second on a pixel. <laughs> I wish I wish we can get those for, uh, for those levels. Um, so overall, what we're probably going to be hearing, obviously, is about the new improvements in the camera department. It looked like there was some kind of improvements in there. There's a lot of rumors kind of going on about uh, potentially a higher megapixel camera uh, running in there. The 12T and the 12T uh, T Pro are obviously going to be kind of competing, but like one with more features, maybe better camera optics, maybe bigger display, larger battery, um, and maybe faster charging, because that's typically what the, the Pro series typically get over the standard model. Uh, we're going to find out very, very soon, literally like within two or three days today. Saturday the 1st. And I think if I'm not mistaken, the, the launch event is on Tuesday. If that, that may be the, the, the I want to say that's the third or the fourth, the fourth, sorry, Tuesday, the fourth, um, only high end uh, on the high end skews for sure. Um, oh, okay. So I, I love it. Finn, uh, Jimmy and, uh, and uh, Dan are going back and forth on there. Um, now the other thing, as far as what we got with the Amaze fit this year, uh, is the GTR4 and the GTS4 are very competing. Well, they're not really competing very much against each other. They're really fitting two different form factors. For the person that wants a smaller form factor smartwatch, or basically, uh, I would call it still a, um, for the lack of a better word, not necessarily a smartphone, but like a, a fitness tracker with smartwatch functionalities, uh, then I think the GTS definitely fits it very well. And depending on the, on the wrist, that also kind of works good. Uh, the GTR is definitely more of the regular looking smartwatch, larger battery, larger display, and still getting the functionalities of having not only the main button that kind of runs as a crown, but also as a secondary button that allows us to, um, for the lack of a better word, customize functions. And you can customize both buttons. You're not locked into one or to the other. But the biggest difference this year overall that I liked about it is now we finally have Amazon Alexa or the Alexa assistant here uh, running as a, a smart assistant. We have a speaker and a microphone. You can leverage the experience through your smartphone, be it Android or iOS, and still get those functions that you've always wanted out of the watch. So automation, functionalities, and also the ability of answering and, uh, and responding back to calls like if you want to be able to do so. The one thing we still haven't been able to get to is unfortunately full smartwatch experience text messaging or text notification on the smartwatch. And, I, and you can see it in the video. I'm not trying to give too much away from there, but there's a lot of other things kind of going on in there. And I'm really excited to see what the the new series, the pro series is going to bring up later on. Because as you know, uh, Amazfit always releases the standard model and then much later on, they'll release the pro. They don't release the pro at the same time. So with the four and the, uh, the GTS, GTR4, and then later we'll get the pro series of those as well. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but uh, I'm going to need a motherboard after the 13, Megan. Oh, man. So Dan Dan looks like he's getting at almost the entire system. That's going to be a lot of parts. So hopefully in a month, um, hopefully you'll be able to get it up and running. Um, Finn's jumping in here. Imagine a, a hypothetical Samsung DeX. Uh, with full desktop uh, OS apps like Word and uh, basically in functionalities in there. And then the mobile apps, uh, and it would be basically as optimized for a bigger screen and they're already on laptops. I think this is, it's not very, high, uh, I mean, 
So the reality is we're not really running optimized apps like desktop apps on, on Android yet, right? This is the biggest thing. We're running them as apps. So right now, almost everything that you're able to run on your smartphone can run in Dex. Dex support is much bigger than some of the other desktop experiences that we have on the market right now because it's been developed for the longest time. This is the biggest benefit of having Dex and why we want to have it on more devices. But the challenge that we always get with uh, with Samsung Dex is it, the fact that you need an accessory to run it, or you need it to plug into a PC to run it, or you need to be able to you know uh, wirelessly connect it to do something, right? Natively, it's not something that functions. At the end of the day, the overall experience, once we get that, like that hypothetical experience that you're talking about, I think that's where it would be more beneficial for Samsung to start basically pairing a smartphone with a tablet, a smartphone or with one of their experiences, like the, one of their lower powered uh, Chrome, uh, Chrome OS books or something to that effect and leverage it there. Allow us to run decks from the phone on those and make it a powerhouse because then you can save money buy the more expensive phone, not as much, not as expensive of a smart uh, a laptop and then leverage the power of your smartphone. And every year when you upgrade your phone, your laptop gets better, even though your laptop may be a year or so over uh, older or so. Down. So it, it, I think it, it, there's a benefit for it. There's a, there would definitely be a market when you start explaining it that way. And I think a lot of people will benefit from there, but for some reason, Samsung loves to keep that segregation between the product brands and their categories. So they don't want their Chrome OS laptops to, comp uh, to compete too much with their windows laptops, because then those are more expensive. They don't want their S series to compete too much with their fold or the flip. So they give them each their own little compartmentalized experiences and forcing us to go from one section to the other to get the experience that we want and get the function that we want out of them which is really weird uh but it, but it, yeah definitely for, for the case on there as well so at the end the last thing i also want to talk about with the steam deck as far as my experience um so the overall audio experience i'll say this the display is top notch um, overall performance as far as gaming on it, it's actually pretty nice. You get used to it very quickly. It's very familiar. Um, Joy-Cons, again, if you played the, the Switch before, you definitely know it. I like the touchpads on it. I like the functionality. The speakers on it sound really good. I love the fact that it has a nice headphone jack that actually plays audio very well. Um, I also like the fact that we have multifunctional uh, options on the USB-C port on here as opposed to just having a USB-C for charging. So if you want to use external audio, so if you have an external audio player or headphones via USB-C, it's going to work. Work, and it automatically recognizes it and it runs it very well. If you want to be able to project externally, like we just did with the USB-C adapter here, it'll work very nicely as well. And it'll give you that very easily, very quickly. And um, so Juan also pushed out a video uh, talking about the Unreal um, Air AR glasses. You're also able to use things like that, AR glasses on them to connect directly into the Unreal and play games with it. So, so many more options that you get with this than what you don't get with the Switch. So that, that's why I'm really excited and I'm very happy with it. After about a week, I probably will say storage is about my only concern, although 512 should be more than enough. But you guys know that typical game installation, like Doom by itself, I think is like 90 gigs. It's crazy. Um, installing like Xeno, uh, uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse in there, uh, installing uh, like Mortal Kombat also was like 79 gigs. So there's a lot of storage that gets eaten up right away and 512 can become very quickly disappearing. So I saw it on Linus Tech Tip and I'm hoping that that drive that they used in that video is available. And that gave us the ability of getting two terabytes of storage on this, not just 512. Um, and I do have a, I think it's a 512 or 256 gig uh, SD card that's sitting in here. But again, it's leveraging the built-in games. And I think that's the biggest thing I want to do. I want to get more storage that it's usable for games on there as well.
Just install Call of Duty <laughs> and you'll be out of space. Dude, Call of Duty is crazy, man. Every time I get an update from them, it's just, it's crazy how big these things are. No, I, absolutely. Uh, if, if yeah, I would have to uninstall a good number of my games right now if I was just to get Call of Duty running. And I think if I'm not mistaken, the only way I was able to see Call of Duty running, it was running through a web app like running it through the browser to get it to run uh, in kind of like a, a GeForce Now type of an experience, not GeForce, but that's how I saw it being run straight on the uh, on it. Uh, but my thing would be probably how I'm used to playing Call of Duty at 120 frames per second for so long. I don't know how I how I can adjust to a, uh, the smaller form factor. I think I would need to connect it to an external display. I think that'll be the best way, like connect it to a monitor, uh, try to connect it if I'm streaming or something, or maybe something like the Unreal. Uh, that'll make it more functional for me to game uh, Warzone. Uh, it takes almost 250. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. No. Uh, uh, yeah. Warzone is... It's a fun game. I mean, I, I get I get why the files are large. I get why the files are why it takes so much because you have so many so much to run on the different game modes, um, the graphics need to be there, optimizations, a whole bunch of different things on there. But it's I also think it's massively supposedly uh, for their anti cheat system that they have built in, which doesn't seem like it works all the time. Every, you know, there's a lot of people that are still getting caught uh, just basically cheating. Not that I'm saying I am. Obviously, I <laughs> I'm not. But it's more about um, just getting those functionalities running at the right level. Oh, man, let me see here. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, just think about the fact of what you need to be able to install, like, the, the average games that we get. I mean, this is where the benefit of getting games that run on discs, like on like your PlayStation, on the Xbox, if, the, you know, they definitely downloaded a number of their libraries onto the actual unit and they keep the rest on the disc. So it's more of a page system. So it pulls on it whenever it needs to. But that's how they leverage not having installed a you know eighty to two fifty gigs uh, of uh, of a game on it unless you do the uh, the digital purchase, which is yeah then you need bigger storage and I think that's the same problem with the switch. If you try to do too many digital purchases, you end up having to run out of storage and then you have to leverage uninstalling and installing things depending on when you're playing them. And it may work for you at some point, but if you're traveling and if you're on a plane, you can't switch that. You can't do things. This is like the the eSIM all over again. Uh, yeah, on my PC uh, drive, I have a one. I have one terabyte. Yeah, uh, there's so much more content, costume, weapons, maps, and all of that, and it created all the bugs as well. No, absolutely, the, the bugs come. It's a feature. It's a feature that they need to fix. Uh, the way I look at it, uh, but yeah, no, no. Overall, um, so next week we have a couple of launches. A lot of good things coming up. But what I wanted to kind of kind of close the little bit more of the conversation is. I've been using the, the Made Access uh, 2 since I was at IFA. I got a chance to get my hands on it. And I want to say first, obviously, thank you to Huawei for allowing me to do so. But the form factor that we have right now, the limitations that we have right now in what we get as far as the hardware in the US is frustrating me. It's frustrating me because there is so much more options outside of the US that we just don't have access to. Uh, the Mate XS2 runs on T-Mobile and it runs pretty well. Actually, I have pretty good decent speeds, not like high 5G connectivity. I'm talking about decent experiences. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at it, when you're looking at what this device is supposed to do, it's supposed to be a folding phone to give you the ability of doing more with your phone when you need more real estate without having a need for a tablet. This is where I start seeing the functional need for a 10-inch tablet kind of drop off the door if you're willing to spend a little bit more on your phone and then leverage that experience. Although... 
I will say uh, Juan will probably argue with me on this one because he told me this a couple of days ago. He said it would be much better to get a $700 phone with a $300 tablet uh, and leverage using uh, that experience together separately. You'll still be left with more than enough money to buy another full full price phone, like at a seven or 800 bucks. And I agree yeah, that that is a functional uh, process. But I look at it also from you're carrying two pieces of hardware. You're also having to carry accessories for two different things. The functional carry process becomes a little bit different. If the tablet stays at home, makes it a little bit better. But for me, I'm looking at it as far as I'm on the go, I'm on the plane, I'm on the car. And that's the type of things that are going on. We are finally going back to traveling. A lot more events going on. We were in IFA there. Um, looks like, uh, you know, uh, there's going to be coming. I have at least two more events going up in November that's coming up. And, um, there's also, like I said, there's that, uh, there's one more coming up later on in October. Uh, and I can't believe it's already October. That's crazy. It's October 1st. Uh, but yeah, so for me, it, it's been a big, big thing, uh, kind of going on there. Um, but what I will say is this, it's, it's becoming more functional. It becoming better for me to use a foldable device than when it was last year and the year before when we had more concerns with the pandemic. Now I'm able to leverage it. On my trip to IFA, this was one of the best things I was able to do because the, I was able to load up as much videos that I wanted on it, turned it on, turned on the kickstand that comes in with the case that uh, this is the Samsung case that comes with it, turned it on, set it up. And now I have a, a portable movie theater that runs and I was able to keep it charged. So this is really a functional thing for me and makes me wonder if I do I really need a tablet. So you have to kind of make a, per, a point to it, but I can definitely see Juan's point to that. I'm hoping I don't, uh, <laughs> I say the I, I say his name and then suddenly he jumps up in the comments and says, I told you, I told you, man. No, for sure. Um, happy, happy October, everybody. Hope you're doing, hope you guys, everybody stays it. Um, so here, uh, so Chemi's asking is TK, do you use the remote play from the PlayStation? Uh, what, what is your PS5 game to, uh, go to right now? So honestly, uh, it's here. I'll show you. It's horizon West. That's literally the best, I, the best way I can say it. here you go. So this is my go-to game right now. As far as the PS5, I got it at launch and it's literally one of my favorite games to play games on just for for just spending some time. So because I, I have a monitor or TV here that I've mounted in my office. So the PlayStation is connected to that. I get a chance to enjoy the game and I just flick the whole bunch of dust in the air. Um, so my go-to game right now would be that. Horizon Dawn for me, it's just so nice. The, the graphics are so good. Um, and the open world experience, the gameplay, the improvements that we've seen over the, uh, over the last generation. So for me, it's very much a, ga a good game. And um, hopefully very soon, Ragnarok, of course, God of War. That's going to be the next thing coming up there. That'll be my next go-to game. Um, I like the fact that... So I, I didn't... I'll, I'll be very frank. When you buy a game on a specific format and on a, on a platform, but then you get a system like the deck, the Steam Deck, and you notice that basically you end up having to buy the whole game again. This is where I'm going to start now, literally start kind of focusing on building up my Steam Deck collection or my Steam collection, not Steam Deck, so that in the future, I don't have to buy things on multiple levels. If I'm going to pay it on the PC and it's on Steam, I'm getting it there. Because if it is compatible with my uh, Steam Deck, I get the same experience. And I don't have to buy it twice. The God of War games, typically what I do is I do buy them for the PlayStation because they've been locked onto that platform for so long. So now that we're starting to see uh, you know, God of War for PC side, I'm probably going to wait for God of War Ragnarok to come out on the PC. I know it's not going to be at launch, but then at least when I get it there, I, I'll be able to leverage it. If it does work well on the Steam Deck, that's when I'll run it. I'll be able to take it with me when I go. So for sure. Uh, it's only like Sony game. <laughs> it's like, you're funny. Uh, man, no, seriously. I mean, they just dropped a new camera as well. So it's one of those biggest things kind of going on. Um, 
Okay, so here again. Uh, oops, sorry. Let me see here. Uh, ta -ta -ta. Let me, okay, here. Yeah, sorry. We had we had some some interesting comments coming up. So here, um, TK. Um, so here, um, Amaldi is asking: Is TK the Huawei foldable you reviewed a few days ago uh, for playing? So uh, for playing should be really cool for playing games. Too bad uh, for, uh, the whole Google service system. So. Yes, the Google service part of it is a big, a big part of how this game, or at least how the system runs. I want to clarify that in the video that I posted, I didn't specifically cover the fact that you can technically get Google Play services running on this. It's not impossible. It's actually very possible, and it's been done from some time. The reason why I didn't want to mention it, because I, that, the... The video was intended to 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 talk to this device the way it exists, the way it is sold. So if you were buying it and you didn't know and you didn't do enough Google searches on that to be able to find the process, you need to understand and accept that it doesn't have GMS. HMS has basically developed, has been developing for for, for quite some time. I and mean, we need to understand that they've developed for, for a lot more than you think they did. Uh, Pedal Search and uh, the uh, App Gallery have a lot more applications built in. And... Huawei has leveraged the ability of being able to download directly from the company's direct site. An example would be uh, for Netflix. You can download Netflix straight from their website directly. You don't have to get it from the Google Play Store. Uh, PUBG Mobile, same thing, same situation. You can download it, install it, and run it. Um, and for the most part, everything else is it's leveraged. They, they, uh, they're curating their applications. They're getting things running there. So to say that we can't play games, it's not a true statement. It's just getting them on there is a little bit more uh, of a process, I will say. Uh, but Playing PUBG Mobile with that form factor was much more fun. I'm able to see so much more further and a much larger format of the uh, of the gameplay experience. So I like it. I like the fact that it exists as the format that it is. I like it more for the external functionality because the Z Fold and the Z Flip, sorry, the Z Fold specifically, not the Flip, still is going with that very thin phone. Don't get me wrong. It's a little bit better, like very little bit better. Uh, than what we got last year when it comes down to the form factor, I need it to be more of a regular size phone. I want it to be like the Vivo X Fold. I want it to be like the uh, the Huawei V. I want it to be more like the the, the Xiaomi Foldable. Uh, those are the phones that they first thing they did, they're like, we're going to give everybody a fully functioning phone on the outside. And if they want that tablet, we'll give them an even more functional tablet on the inside. And this is why I like the, this is why I like the format like this. We turn on the display, smaller, right there, 6.5 inch display, 7.8 inch display bam like that's quick now you have to accept the fact that this is using an external display so meaning this actually is uh, the display is always exposed at all times and you need to make sure to protect it as opposed to where with the fold the external display is glass now huawei does make a phone like the fold and that is available also but i'm just saying from the xs series that's the biggest thing for sure yeah, Jimmy, we I, and I think I got it. I'm hopefully, but I think Matt is also in the chat. Um, he's one of the other mods in the chat as well. And if I'm not mistaken, I want to say Dan is also one of the mods in there. Uh, but I know Aditya didn't get a chance, hasn't joined us yet. So yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> the Honor Magic V. Yeah, so the Honor Magic V is coming out in January. Uh, so they said in Q1. So at IFA during the launch event, I, I had a chance to play with the V back in MWC. That was when the first generation of the V came out. Absolutely. a. Uh, I mean, from a form factor, the function, everything like that, it, it looks really nice. I like it and I, and I hope that it does come out. Uh, and it looks like though generation two is going to be coming out, not gen one. But again, we have a lot of options that just some of them are in China. They just never leave. Like uh, the 12S Ultra 
um, you know, Juan's uh, favorite phone that exists purely in that market. I haven't been, I mean, I've asked, I'll say this. I have asked and I've begged to try to get my hands on one of them. Um, and it's going to come down to basically me selling a whole bunch of phones to be able to try to make money to get it. it it's down to about 900 bucks right now on Swappa here in the US, and it's a used version. But Juan also kind of makes a good point that if you just go for about $100 a little bit more and buy it straight up as a brand new unit, you don't have to worry about scuffs. You don't have to worry about any potential concerns or anything like that buying a used one. And it makes perfect sense. So I, I may have to kind of keep that in mind when we're looking at it. Uh, but yeah, so again, for me, what, the, what Huawei is doing is is really leveraging the, the, their technologies that they've had. The cameras on that one is actually pretty decent as well. Really good cameras on the back. And they included now a front-facing camera, which was, wasn't, wasn't there in the original XS uh, Huawei foldable. And the big difference here, obviously, is that you don't have to keep using the main sensors on the back, although I still feel like you should just use it anyways because of that nice little function that they added into the camera. So like right now, if I want to use the camera, you can see me right there, right? But if I want to be able to leverage the main sensor, sensors in the back and still see myself, you can actually, okay, again, this is Sony. Today does not want to do it. See, and you guys could see it. this is exactly how it is. And you're still able to see the same experience. And I'm able to see myself doing the whole thing. So for me, the biggest thing about this is just function. It serves so much more. The editor on this thing, the video editor is crazy good. That one feature for me, honestly, from a content creator is the absolute best feature in this because it's a one-stop shop for content creation, consumption, and also production. This is a big thing that we always talk about why we want more functionalities out of our phones is because we want to do more with them. We want to be able to edit more and not have to pay $120, $130 you know, subscription fee because all the video editors now, the good ones, are all subscription fees. And they're all like $10 plus a month to be able to use them. And don't get me wrong. If it's your livelihood and it's your job, I definitely would recommend a yearly subscription. But on the average person that just wants to be able to take a few pictures, post something on social media, maybe create a couple of reels here and there, it becomes overwhelming and it becomes expensive. So having things like that built into a, obviously the XS2 is a, I think it's like $2 plus dollar phone, uh, over $2,000 phone is a benefit. And I like the fact that they focus on giving a better user experience for production. And I love the fact that it's in there. So yeah. Uh, so Jimmy said, yeah, Q1. Oh yeah. Uh, always that much later uh, for us international folks. Yeah. It, it depends on what, more than likely there's a good chance, at least from what I've seen on Ice Universe. So if you, I don't know if you guys follow Ice Universe on, on Twitter. Um, he's speculating. He's saying that basically potentially early, not early, Potential uh, new devices that are going to be running the 8 Gen 2 or the next SOC coming from Qualcomm will be releasing at the end of this year. We're no longer in the point. Remember back in the day where Xiaomi would make the announcement, say that they're going to release the phone and they would release it like the first few days in January in China. But no, now it looks like we're probably going to see a phone coming out later this year, like at the end of this year. And there is a possibility. Yeah, it'll probably be a China release only first and then it'll go into the global market a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, my hope is the price for that V from Honor is going to be the right price. As long as we get it and it becomes affordable in a, ma in a manner of where people can see the benefit of what this is going to offer and don't find the price too, um, I guess, too, stand, too, too far off from what they are able to be comfortable with, I think we'll have a better functionality. I hope Honor also does release more of a smaller compact version that they can, re they can use. Uh, I know uh, Huawei started releasing the the uh, the smaller clamshell style style with their P series, and I'm hoping to see that Honor kind of uh, not to say that they're following the same hardware, but they follow the same suit. We want to see more. TCL last year scrapped the project uh, Project Chicago that was supposed to be a competitor for the Z Flip Three. 
that didn't happen. So, and we haven't seen anything yet this year. I know at the end of the 2022, and we still haven't seen uh, a Z Flip 3 competitor from them. So we'll we'll have to wait and see what other companies are going to be putting out. And I'm hoping that our, they'll bring them to the US, unlike what we saw with Motorola releasing their foldable although in China um, and no word as far as when the US release is going to be there. So we'll have to see how that goes. The HN2, I heard uh, that the rumors uh, of the Vivo, uh, Vivo doing that with the X90 series. More than likely, I think that's where the X90 is going to be. I think at the end of the day, when we see the uh, the functionalities that they were originally teasing us or the rumors that we thought the X80 Pro Plus was going to be, it didn't really make sense overall why they would release an entire device just to... to I mean, because don't get me wrong, the 888 or the HN1 are very powerful devices. The Plus series are typically over, uh, you know, overclocked version or barely overclocked. There is a substantial tangible difference between the 8 Gen 1 and the 8 Plus Gen 1 just from going from Samsung to TSMC. There is a benefit there. But it would make, I don't think people that bought the 8 Gen 1 are going to basically jump on and buy the 8 Gen 8 Plus Gen 1. So at the end of the day, they really would, would have cannibalized what the 8 as X80 was going to do and was offering already the people in the market. So the, that's where I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm looking at it as they did the right decision. Going to the X90 would make more sense. And also people anticipate the next X90 a little bit more now as opposed to saying I should have jumped on the X80 Pro Plus and not getting um, getting the X90 at that point. You know what I mean? That, that's the biggest thing that we get there. Uh, for sure. And Chemi, as always, I love the fact I always keeps us on time as usual. It is getting to that point in the chat. Uh, <laughs> uh, Davin Davis is in the chat, man. Hope you're doing well. Uh, for the TKception, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it or if you've seen it before, but there is this nice little visual thing that we do on the chat to be able to highlight some of our you know, supporters, uh, chat members, and everybody joining us on this beautiful Saturday and every show on a Saturday to talk more tech and everything kind of going on there. So with that being said, you'll probably start seeing some hashtags coming up in the chat, and that's going to be basically talking about you know, hashtag TKception and so on, and I'll show you guys what it looks like. Uh, but for sure, the biggest thing for me next week is going to be Xiaomi's announcement. I want to see what they're going to offer for the T-Series. Does it justify what we've what we've been hearing from them as far as basically optimization between software and hardware? Is, it, is this going to be basically uh, make it maybe even a better device than the uh, 12 Pro? I guess that would be for me because this is the 12T Pro and the 12 Pro. And it just sounds... So the naming convention alone uh, aside... The new Pro and the new standard phone are going to be obviously offering us unique experiences from Xiaomi. But the biggest thing is obviously I want to see the optimizations, the improvements, and um, obviously you know maybe we'll maybe we'll hear more about uh, Android 13. I want to hear more about that as well uh, from them. Uh, and of course, let's not forget uh, Pixel series coming up very very soon on uh, on October 6th. And that's going to be obviously a big thing coming up for Team Pixel. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk about that. Juan and I are are literally counting the days. Hmm. Um, to find out, you know, basically more about the Pixel 7 series and how things are going to go there. Uh, but with that being said, let me go ahead and put it up on this side. Um, what phone are you selling? Uh, so I, depending on what 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 phones I need uh, to get rid of at, at, at some point, but the phones I typically sell are the ones I'm able to buy and sell quickly so that I don't lose too much money when I'm done with them. Uh, but some of them I do need to keep them because of reviews, but we'll have to see how that goes. Okay, so with that being said, let's go ahead and do this real quick. And I think Chemi was the first one to jump on this. Let's go ahead and bring him on. And we're going to say share, share screen. Come on, let's do this second screen. Okay, one, two, three. Bam, come on. Yeah, the timing is always off. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
So thank you very much, uh, Chemi, for everybody and everybody else for kicking out with us on this beautiful Saturday. TKception, TK Stream Deck, TK Portable Gaming, TK Tesla Bay, always, of course, and Team Omar, Team Aqua Omar, always, Team Aqua Omar for sure. Uh, thank you for everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, Davin Davis, TK Quebec. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Greg, uh, TKception, TK the man, obviously. Uh, hope you enjoy the Nexus 6. Thanks, man. Again, thank you very much to, um, to, to you for not only... Okay, so here, I didn't know it was a white one. I'm not going to lie. This is seriously, like, it made my day. It absolutely made my day. And I feel so bad now that it took this long to get to me, although it was not that far from me for so long. But thank you very much, man. Always appreciate it. Uh, thanks for Dan for hanging out with us as well. Davin Davis jumping back in with TKception. TK Roots the Tesla. Uh, leave my sim tray alone. eSims, come on, people. Uh, ground attack hope you're doing well and and uh hopefully you'll be streaming this weekend also some gameplay uh absolute legend there very very nice uh davin davis kicking it with us dominic come on coming in tk stream deck tk valve bay tk sony bay uh oh speaking of which so i decided to buy the xperia 10 mark 4 from uh, from the uk so hopefully hopefully you'll be here before next week's stream so we'll get a chance to talk about it on saturday i want to check it out with that with you guys i'm, I'm actually interested to see what the 10 series offers i know it's more of the budget side of the devices from sony but it just doesn't exist in the us sony just does not want to sell it here and i've always seen their five and the one series i want to see what the 10 series does so hopefully we'll see that next week uh jimmy fire dragon thank you very much uh tkception uh stay hydrated Hi happy october as well um and if you guys have, don't know um at some point in the next couple of weeks or so i'm trying to work out the timing with michael pepper tech um i should be also on his show coming up um just to be able to join him and have a little bit of a chat um on thursdays if i'm not mistaken and of course barry johnson thank you very much uh marilyn thank you for hanging out with us uh dan uh dominic Juan, everybody uh, kicking it with us here as well jimmy um, everybody new that hasn't been there, Greg, all of that. I want to say, of course, thank you very much for hanging out with us and spending your time on this Saturday and hope you guys have a great rest of the weekend. And of course, we'll catch up with everybody on Monday for the SGGQA on Juan's uh, live stream. And of course, the Android Bay next Saturday and the best of our week on Thursday next week, talking about uh, basically all the exciting stuff. Hold on. Let me double check. I think if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. So. The sixth is going to be Pixel Day, and obviously we'll have a lot to talk about that. And then, of course, the fourth is going to be Xiaomi Day and way too much things to cover. So I'm really excited. Hope you guys are having fun and are as excited as I am. Thank you very much for the show. Well, and I say that truly because you guys joined me. That's Without you, it wouldn't be a show. Um, so if you're catching this on the replay, please make sure to check out. Uh, there's also an audio podcast version of this. If you like the show and you'd like to hear more about it, I'd really, really appreciate if you guys like to subscribe and hit that bell icon so that you know more. Uh, but with that being said, thank you very much. Stay safe and be safe. And I'll see you next week for another episode of the Android Bay.